0: Um, All right. if you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 9 I preached about a month ago, it's good I've learnt over time that people don't remember what you preach which is good, so I could preach the exactly same thing today and no one would know, don't have to prepare anything for a sermon, it's great Um, I'm joking by the way, I realise I have to qualify when I'm joking because some people don't get it, that's all good Matthew 9 verse 14 uh, it says here. Then John's disciples came to Jesus and asked him, "How is it that we Pharisees, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your? Did I say? Did I say Matthew 9:14? Is that right? Yeah, just checking. I thought I said John for some reason. Uh, but your disciple, uh, the Pharisees, where am I? Fast often, but yours do not. Jesus answered, "How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them?" The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, from them, then they will fast. Verse 16, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth and on, on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, listen, so both are preserved. Jesus, this is within the context of his day, of the the people would fast, they would pray, they would mourn. The The whole point of them doing that is because they wanted freedom. They wanted the Messiah to come. And Jesus, saying, what he's saying is, I have come... We don't need to fast and pray anymore in this moment to his disciples because it's not a time of praying and fasting. The bridegroom is here. It's a time of feasting. Come on. So who knows that, who knows that Jesus is a king who, who brought his kingdom with him, right? Jesus is a king with a kingdom. So I'm not saying don't fast today. I'm saying do it the right way. But Jesus brought a major lens shift to the people of his day right he wanted to shift the way people thought he wanted to shift the way people think he wanted to shift the way that people what people were believing about God and what people were believing about their world that they were in Jesus is a king and he brought his kingdom who knows that the kingdom of God doesn't function like we do in the world right it just functions differently So who knows that Jesus, we have a relationship with him. The kingdom of God dwells within us. We have this whole thing called the kingdom of God that we've got to learn to live from. Right? In other words, that's why we pray for the sick. That's why we believe for miracles. That's why we trust in the Lord, because we're believing that his kingdom will break in to our world. Come on. I mean, that's the gospel right there. (laughs) That's good news, right? That his kingdom, we would learn to live from that. And so Jesus, what he does constantly in our life is he wants to shift what we're thinking and believing. I'm not talking about key doctrine. I'm not talking about the key things of the gospel, of, of the Bible. But I am talking about the way you live your daily life and what you think about God wants to do in your life and how the kingdom of God wants to invade your world come on, are we getting it? And so Jesus, he comes and he preached a similar message to John the Baptist, but who knows, it's got a bit more anointing behind it because you're the one who's bringing the kingdom. And he preaches, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? It is here right now. And so we learn, we've got to learn to be naturally supernatural people, right? I'm not a special person. You're not a special person. I'm personally, I'm just an average Aussie guy. I've got an Aussie accent, I think. But I'm just an, we're just average people. But we have to, we have to begin thinking and believing according to the kingdom of God and that God can do the impossible in our lives. It doesn't mean that we get big headed, there's man of God syndrome. But it does mean that we begin to walk throughout our day differently. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And so Paul, the Apostle Paul prayed, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you will know the hope to which you are called to, the inheritance that God has in his holy people. So did you know, did you know your inheritance, what you have? Do you know the Bible says that your inheritance is God himself? That is what you inherit. Just God himself. That's, I mean... (laughs) right, cool. I just inherit God. I just inherit him. A relationship with him. Uh, I uh, I inherit God and he inherits me. Ephesians 1 teaches that. That his inheritance is in the saints that we will know the inheritance to which we are called and the exceedingly great power that is available to us who believe. And it goes on to say that power is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him in in heavenly realms next to the Father. So that is what you inherit. It's time to believe God for more. It's time to dream for more. It's time to think bigger. It's time to let God blow up the little box that you put him in. And so um, I've just, I want to keep this, I, I want to keep this sharp today, but we need to establish in our lives the values and lenses of the kingdom of God. We really do. We, we, uh, we need to learn to carry the, the lens, so lenses meaning like glasses, the way we see in life, what we're seeing through we need to learn to see through the lenses of God's kingdom and not the world we're in. I've grown up in Lilydale. I've grown up uh, in public school system. I've grown, and so I've learned things in the world. I have learned things that are not helpful for me in the call of God on my life and what he wants to do in my life. And you have learned things that you live by at the moment, habits, things that you're thinking You've learned things that are not helpful for you today. Yeah. And God wants to shift your lenses. He just wants to come as a loving father and be like, hey, just, just shift your thinking here. That's, that's not how my kingdom operates. Yeah. Come on. It, it astounds me. Oh, man. It astounds me how many times like, I see God move and then the very next day a similar problem comes and, and I've just got little faith for it. Yeah. Right? And I think, and the the amount of times I have to apologise and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I had no faith in that moment. I should have, because you moved like that just a week ago. (laughs) Like, even the Bible's good enough for me, but you did it a week ago as well. Like, come on. So we need to constantly be in a relationship, we're in a relationship with a loving Father who's showing us how to think, who's showing us how to dream, who's showing us what to see in our life, in our families, in the, in the church, in this world at the moment. Amen? And so there's some things, I've written down a few thoughts. Uh, I've got five, I've called, these, I've called these new covenant lens shifts, ways to think according to God's kingdom, right? Lens shifts where it's like, oh, Jesus came, he died, he rose again, He's brought us into a kingdom and now we actually need to learn to have a shift in the way we think and look and see. So the first one, you ready? I'm learning how to steward the triumph of Christ in my life, right? Who knows that when Jesus rose, who knows Jesus destroyed death in the grave? He plundered hell. He destroyed the works of the devil. He took back the keys to the kingdom. He disarmed the authority of the devil upon the earth. That is called a triumphant victory. Come on. And so now I need to learn how to steward that in my life because the Bible says if any man be in Christ, Ephesians 2, we were raised with him, we were dead in our sins and then we are made alive and we're one with him, seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means I need to learn to steward all that God has already given me. The triumph and victory that he's given me, I've got to learn how to walk in it, right? And so what I'm doing in life is, see, the Israelites, think about this, the Israelites had a land to take over. And when they took over that land, right, God takes them into the promised land. And as they come into the promised land, right, they, they battle all the armies and they defeat all the armies. Who knows that Jesus has defeated sin and death? He's defeated evil. He's defeated sin. We're conquerors through him, right? And so the Israelites, they came into the promised land. They defeated all the armies, but then they had to learn how to occupy the land. We don't have a land, uh, we don't have a promised land, but we have a land of spiritual promises that the Lord gives us in Christ, right? We have to learn how to occupy that. I've got to learn how to steward that, right? In other words, uh, Jesus says to his disciples in Luke 9, he says, I've given you, I give you, here you go, I give you power and authority and now go and walk in it, right? So they had to learn how to steward God's power and authority in their life. They had to go out, they'd never done it before, and they saw someone who needed a breakthrough, they saw someone who was uh, in bondage or in trouble, and they're like, all right, Jesus has given us this power, authority. I guess i got to use it. I guess i got to go and have a crack, right? I guess i got to have faith. And so a part of them stewarding it was, imagine the first time that they stepped out in faith for God and he showed up in their life, right? And so we're learning how to steward the victory and triumph of Jesus in our life. No longer... No longer am I coming to God and am I saying, please love me. Please, will you just love me? Will you make me whole? That is not stewarding his triumph in your life. Right? I come to God, I realize he does love me, he has made me whole, and now I have to learn how to walk out of that. And so I shift my prayer, I shift what I'm saying to God, please love me and make me whole, to God, show me how much you love me, show me how much you've brought wholeness to my life and teach me how to daily walk in it. Does that make sense? All right, cool. Um, I remember... Specifically, who's, who's got some problems in the room? No one? All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> who's got some problems? Come on. If you don't have a problem, I've got some you can pray into, right? Or if you don't have a problem, just look at the world and pick one to solve. It's not hard. <laughs> oh, man, I lost track of thought. Jeez. I'm gone. Man. it has gone. <laughs> Oh, that's too good. Uh, I remember I remember going into work and and I remember just saying, Oh Lord, I, I just want to see more of you like in my workplace. I just I want to see more of you in my daily life. But I realized after a while, I'm a slow learner, that I was wasn't praying a good prayer. I realized that I was coming from the wrong perspective of God just give me energy. God, just help me at work. If you would just touch people's lives, everything would be different for me. <laughs> and I realised, but that was serious. That was what I was like. And I realised that I'm praying, hang on, I'm praying the wrong prayer. I'm, coming, I'm not coming from this with a lens of the kingdom of God. Right? Maybe, Lord, you need to shift something in me so that then things will be shifted. Right? Maybe we, I need to stop praying for other people, even though that's awesome, and actually start shifting some things in my heart that need to change so that, that I can bring the answer and solution, right? And so anyway, uh, my prayer change, and so you'll hear me, you'll often, and I'm, just, I'm getting really practical today because I, I believe it's just super helpful for people. So my prayer change, you'll often hear me say this now, My prayer changed from, Lord, moving my workplace today, Lord, moving my life. It changed to, God, thank you that your kingdom is breaking out daily in my life. Thank you, God, for salvations and healings and miracles today. Thank you that I carry the mind of Christ. I thank you for the people of God today. I thank you that we get to walk in the triumph of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that people in bondage will be set free. I thank you, God, that people's hearts will encounter the King of glory today through me, through your people. Amen. That is a shift. Come on. And and you, you could imagine it brought a big change in my life. Amen next one second thing you keep keeping track i'm learning to live a life of faith by thinking according to the promises of god if i said to you what does a life of faith look like most people in the room would probably say well i trust in god right i'm learning to trust in god i trust in god which is true but it's only half of the picture because if you want to live a life of faith we need to think differently and how do I think differently? I need to think according to the promises of God and not the problems of my day. Right? If I want to live a life of faith, surely I have to think differently. Surely there's something I need to change in me that says, okay, Lord, I'm living this life of faith. Now I'm going to grab a hold of your promises. I have this land of spiritual promises to occupy my life. I'm going to get a hold of them and I'm going to learn to think according to them, right? So when a problem comes along in my life, all of a sudden this problem doesn't have influence in my life, but the promise of God has influence in my problem, right? Second Peter 1 verse 4, And because of his great glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's cor- corruption, caused by human desires so we have all these promises that the lord's given us you can find them in here and uh, as a team this week we we did some crafted prayers where you take a prophetic word that you've had from god you get a promise in scripture you put them together and you pray them over your life over your family over the church over our nation right that is what we do. The Lord wants us to be strategic in using his promises because they are relational tools to destroy the works of the devil. Come on. I feel like some people are waking up in the room. It's good. So Jesus, he faces a problem. And he doesn't just do this because he's Jesus. He does this because he is in a man who is in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right? Right? He faces a problem in John chapter 6. There is the feeding of the 5,000. And he asks, it's an amazing story because more, everyone knows it would have been more than 5,000 people because it's 5,000 men plus women, children got fed, right? But look at how Jesus goes about it. Because you've got Andrew and Philip. I, I, lo- I love, you can learn a lot if you just read from the life of the disciples. You learn a lot, a lot, a lot. You can relate. And he says, so he says to Andrew and Philip, they come. And, and Philip says, well, what is, what is this? You know, we won't have enough wages to feed them all. So Jesus says they come with the problem. Jesus, all these people are here. They're starving. They need food. Jesus says, you feed them, right? Philip says, we don't have enough wages to, to how, how could we buy enough to feed all this crowd? And then Andrew says, well, we've only got about a couple fish, a couple loaves of bread, right? One person is looking at the lack that they have, right? We have a, who knows that we have? there's, there's lack, right? You, you do have weakness in your life, but you have Jesus as well, right? So one person is looking at the lack and one person is looking at the size of the problem, right? And who knows Jesus, he doesn't do that. He gives thanks to Father God. Why? Because he has a promise for the problem that he's facing. I want to encourage you today that the Lord is teaching you to live a life of faith by teaching you how to walk in his promises, how to think according to his promises. I want to encourage every single person in the room, get a promise from God, hold on to it, meditate, grab it in your heart, let it change your whole thinking and believing, and then release it in your life. Come on. I need to to think and dream out of God's promises for my future. I need, personally, everyone in the room, we need to think and believe out of God's promises for our future. Right? If you don't have a grid for what God wants to do in your future, you need to get in the Word, you need to spend time with the Lord because He wants to do amazing things in your life. Right? Right? Number three. you ready? Just FYI, number three is probably my favourite. It's a good one. I'm learning how to walk daily with the Holy Spirit. He is incredibly attracted to me and wants to flow through my life. Right? I'm learning how to walk daily with the Holy Spirit. He is incredibly attracted to me and wants to flow through my life. He's incredibly attracted to you because you have a brand new you are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Every person in the room God's attracted to you. If if no one loves you, you can take that one to the bank. <laughs> He's incredibly attracted to you. Acts 16, verse 6. I love the Apostle Paul because his life just shows us how to have adventures with Jesus every day. Amen. Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region. I didn't look at this word now. I have to pronounce it. Of Phry- Phrygia. Yeah, yep, thanks, Lise. That'll do. And Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching you listen to this, listen to that having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia when they came to the border of Mysia they tried to enter Bithynia but the spirit of Jesus so that is the Holy Spirit would not allow them so they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas but during the night so listen to this Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. The leadership of the Holy Spirit is not negotiable in my life, it is a necessity. And this is where God is pointing his finger in our lives, I believe, personally, and for the church. The leadership of the Holy Spirit is not negotiable in my life. It's not like I can be like, yep, oh, I need your leadership one day, God, like, Lord, but for the rest of the week, I'm good. I'm good. i got some good values in life. i got some good principles. i got a good job. My family's doing well. Uh... Yep, that's going well. No, no, it's not negotiable in your life. It needs to be a necessity. I need to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. I shared about this last Sunday, but we have become so good as, a, as just Christians as a whole of being known as people with good values and principles, which is fantastic. I love good values and principles. They are foundational in life. But who knows the definition of a life of a Christian, the expression of it. So not the like you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. He lives in you, you die for your sin. We get all that. But the main expression of a Christian is that we lead a spirit-filled life. A life led by the Spirit of God. Joseph in, in Egypt, the only reason he was noticed was because they saw the favour of the Lord on his life. So he wasn't just a man of good principles and values. He was a man who was deeply surrendered and yielded to the spirit of God that when God said go, he would go and when God said stop, he would stop. He would listen to the Lord and so Paul, look at Paul, he's going, he wants to go this way, Jesus says no, adventures. Remember, we're having adventures with Jesus, right? He wants to go this way, Jesus says no. Thanks God, this is an adventure. He's saying no to everything. Great, right? (laughs) <laughs> and then Paul has a vision at night and God says, go there. This is where I want you to go. Paul is learning how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not, so I'm not talking about, oh, like every decision I have to run past God. He's given us wisdom just to live practically daily, right? But I am talking about being sensitive to, to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and his leadership in your life, right? Um, Beck and I, it would have been December last year and we got to a point where we were like, all right, we, we have this house to, that we could go for, put an put a, uh, offer on, or we have this house we could put an offer on. And, um, and we're driving back from Warburton, and we're driving in the car, have I told this story here? I don't know. Have I told it? Yeah, yeah I'll tell it again. It's a good one. I just like it because it's funny. And, and we're going along in the car and, uh, and, and we're like, do we go for this house or not? And I'm like, oh, well, it, well, just put an offer in. Like, let's just do it. But, but we felt like, oh, well, we felt like this other house that like, God was on that a bit more. And so we're like, oh, maybe it's a good idea to ask God about it. We'll finally do that, right? I'm a bit slow in that. And, um, and so Bex, and so I'm like, well, what's the sign? What's the sign that we don't put an offer on this house, we put an offer on this house? And, and Beck and, and, oh, said that. And I go, oh, well, maybe like Hazel was hysterical in the car. Who knows that crying baby like if there is a miracle in life it is to it is to stop a crying baby that is one of the greatest miracles and we're going along in the car and we're like all right and so i'm like well god we just we pray that hazel will stop crying and she was hysterical like 20 minutes not sleeping in three two one and she just went dead silent i kid you not and beck and i just look at each other and we're like. I think that's the Lord. (laughs) You cannot deny that. But he's so good. We often don't think in life, we often don't think that God just wants to come and lead us and guide us. He's a good father. Uh, We were, I was getting migraine headaches for, uh, like I'd get them probably like every, I reckon I was getting them every four or five months for the space of probably two years. And and who knows that when you get you get one of those, like you're in bed all day and I was vomiting and I'm like, this just isn't fun. I want to have an adventure with Jesus today. I just want to go out and live and this isn't fun. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was literally, and, and we're praying and we're like, God, just what's going on here? Praying into it, nothing happening. And, uh, and I was trying to, you know, eating, getting, you know, Getting enough sleep and all this stuff, and it would just happen. I thought, well, maybe some dehydrated, maybe things like that. Anyway, long story short, Beck's praying for me, and uh and she just gets the word that oh, she gets the word from God, like, oh actually, I think it's a migraine. So I had no, like, I mean, maybe there's some people, nurses, doctors in the room, you're like, duh. But um, but well, I was just like, oh, there's just something wrong with me. But she had a thought, she's like, I actually think it's so we prayed, she gets this thought, and I'm like, that's the, the Lord, is on, like, that's God. We often think that, oh, yeah, that's just us coming up with a good idea, right? But when you realise that you've been set apart for Him to do good works for Him, that He lives and dwells in you and wants to totally possess your life, you'll realise that small thoughts like that are actually God. Come on. And He wants to drop that in everyone, Right? daily and so beck's like oh so she gave me a neck massage it was great i loved it because i got neck massage and uh and then she just i think she gave me a few panadol i was completely fine i'm like and 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 so since then every time something like that's come about i know it's because i have bad posture i know i need to drink some water right and a massage right and some of, so, so um, like sometimes we, we need to just be like, Lord, what are you doing here? Give me a word. Give me something. Instead of trying to fight the enemy over this, I'm just going to surrender and be like, Lord, what are you showing me? Right? Because if I didn't know that, if he never dropped that into Beck's mind, I'd probably still be going today thinking, you're shadowboxing with the devil. John fourteen twenty six But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name... He will teach you all things and He will remind you of all that I said to you. Right? You you ought to read John 14 to 17, probably some of the richest revelation in the Bible because it speaks directly into our current relationship with the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in our life. Amen? He wants you to be a person of principles. He wants you to have great character. But just as much... He wants you to be led by Him every single day. Come on. on. It's time for people in the room. I know I'm getting a little little bit preachy. I'm sorry. But there's time for people in the room to wake yourself up, to stir the gifts within you and say, All right, Lord, I'm ready for an adventure with you this week. Right? Or... We can just keep getting bored in our relationship with God. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. Uh, Number four, almost done, almost done. Number four. My language, so remember, new covenant lenses. I'm thinking according to the kingdom of God in my life. My language is shifting so that my words now partner with God's voice in my life. My language is shifting so that my words now partner with God's voice in my life. There's a lot of voices in the world. There are a lot of things that can enter into here. And I have to protect my mind. I have to protect my heart. I have to protect the way I speak. My language is shifting to partner with God's voice in my life. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Listen to Jeremiah's response Sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say. Anyone ever had that from God? Do not say. There's some really good words to hear from the Lord. They're really good because it means he's fathering you. Do not say you are too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and I will rescue you. That's a done deal. That's a good promise, right? Look at verse 12. If you're there, if you're not, all good. I'll just read it out. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, to Jeremiah... You have seen well, I am watching over my word to perform it. I am watching over my word to perform it. I'll, I'll, there are things I just I believe this is very biblical. There are things that will never come to pass in your life unless you partner your voice with God's voice. There were things that will never happen in your life unless you grab the word of the Lord and you begin to speak it into your world. Right? I'll flip that to the positive. You have exponential potential in your life when you grab a hold of the promises of God and begin to speak out what he is saying and declaring over your life. Come on. Come on. So, it is so important in our world that our language begins to shift according to what God is saying, to his current word, what he's speaking into your life, and to his written word. Because if I have a problem in my life, if there's things going throughout my day, and I don't shift my language around it, that problem will probably never move. Because, out of the heart, we speak from, right? My language tells me what my heart is believing. I, and I've done, I've done this. I probably still do it sometimes. Like, You'll pray something. You'll be with God. You'll pray something. You'll be like, oh, I'm just sensing your presence here, Lord. You're having a great time of worship. You'll pray something like, God, I thank you. I don't know, pick something. Pick a mountain. Pick something that you want moved. I thank you that this is going to shift in my life. I thank you that this is going to move and then during the week, you're having a convo with someone, or you're just walking throughout your day, and you're like, "Yeah, I've got this problem. It'll never change. It's never going to move. Oh man, I wish God would just do something. I wish. Oh, I wish this person. No, I won't go there. <laughs> do you know? I sometimes I think we look at prayer as prayer, and then our normal talking as normal talking, right?" There are things that you say throughout your day you would never pray. There are things that you say about yourself, about your family, about the world, about God, that you say throughout your day, but you would actually never pray it. Because you know if you prayed it, it would be the wrong prayer, but then you're saying it throughout your day. (laughs) And and sometimes I think the spirit realm doesn't care. The the world around you does not care whether it's a prayer or what you say. Right? Right? The Lord wants us to shift our language so it's in line with what he is saying. Amen? Last one. We're almost done. The fifth one. I have permission from Jesus. So this is good to know that he permits this. I have permission from Jesus to use his authority. That means I walk as a powerful person and not a passive person. I have permission from Jesus to use his authority. That means I walk as a powerful person and not a passive person. In the old covenant, it always produced double-mindedness because you never truly knew the will of God. In the new covenant, the will of God is revealed through the life of Jesus. In the new covenant, the will of God is shown through Jesus because he is the perfect representation of of the Father. In fact, he is one with the Father. In fact, Jesus is God, if you didn't know that. And so the will of God is fully revealed through Jesus. In the old covenant, it was a shadow of things to come. In other words, you cannot see who a person is from their shadow. You can just see where they're going or where they're coming or where they're standing. But to see someone fully, you have to look up from the shadow. The old covenant was a shadow. The new covenant, Jesus comes. He shows us the fullness of the will of God. And now we have authority to act on that. Come on. John 14, 12. Remember I said you have a lot of potential in life. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. Oh, This scripture always challenges. It's a challenge to read this scripture out sometimes. It's like, whew. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You're not asking enough. You're not asking for enough. God wants to be glorified through his Son. And Jesus says the main way that he is glorified, God is glorified, is that you would ask for things in his name. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I could come up with some really, I could try to come up with some really clever explanation about, well, I guess that we're living in a different time now. That, you know, we, are you saying that we can do what Jesus did and even greater in character and in life and in power? Uh, well, no, I'm not saying that. John 14.12 is (laughs) 14.14. It's like that scripture shows you your potential in life with God. Faith invades the realms of impossibility because, because God has given us authority to walk there. Faith invades the realms of impossibility because God has given us authority to walk there. We are ambassadors of Christ and there's times where you've got to say, I'm I'm not a passive person anymore, I'm a powerful person, I know the will of God, I have the name of Jesus, he's given me authority to use his name, I have a whole inheritance in the kingdom of God and so there has to come a moment in my life where I say, these impossible situations, these things I'm facing, faith will invade that because I have authority from God to speak to the mountain and see it move. Come on. There are things in our world today, there's things in your world that only the church has solutions for because we have Jesus. And that's not to give the church a big head, but that's just to say we carry Christ in us, the hope of glory And so there are problems that look impossible, but God's given us permission to dream and to release His will into those circumstances. Come on. on. Why don't we stand together? Why don't we stand? I just... I'm really... I don't know if you can tell. I'm just a bit excited. I'm just a bit excited. I just think God's doing awesome stuff. I think... I think we live in the greatest time to be alive. I just, I I love the Lord. I love what he's doing in this house. I love our worship. I honestly, I really like, I've never been a part of a community that just worships Jesus so beautifully. Like, it's really special. And so I just really believe that the Lord, he's teaching us to live from his kingdom And He's teaching us to walk by faith and not by sight. And He's teaching us to live with the Holy Spirit. And He's teaching us to to grow and believe for more in our lives. And I believe there's people in the room and you are going to inspire people who are really dry. Because what you're cultivating in your life, you're going to release it to dry Christians and they're going to come alive again in their relationship with God. Amen. And so, Father, I just, we just love you. We love you so much, God. We we thank you, Jesus, for who you've designed us to be. I thank you, God, for every single person in this room. I thank you for the, the, the different realms of influence that we have, Lord, the the positions of uh, leadership, the positions you've placed us in our workplaces, the positions you've placed us in our family. And I pray for every single person in the room and myself that we would get a sense of your anointing upon our lives, that we would truly understand that you live in us. You've brought a kingdom and you've called us to walk in it daily and to grow with you. Jesus, I ask that you would bring this week tonight for our Jesus night, for this week, encounters. I ask you're a good father. We can ask for that. You don't have to be afraid to ask God for an encounter with him. Father, I ask that you would stir up the passion and the fire in people's hearts. Father, I pray for that in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for those who are... uh, who are facing problems, whether it's health, whether it's things relationally in the work, just the practicalities of life? I thank you, I thank you, Jesus, that you're so good at meeting every need. And so I pray, Lord, that you would bring words of knowledge, that you would help us to function in the gifts of the Spirit, that you would teach us how to move in the gift of faith, in uh, in the discerning of spirits, in the gift of prophecy. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness in this house. Thank you for all that you're doing in our region. Thank you people got saved during the, during the week. Last week, people are getting saved on the streets. Thank you for the river of your spirit flowing through this place. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you that you'll, people will forgive us for going past 12 o'clock. In Jesus' name. Amen.